I want to talk about the importance of developing a crisis plan. So, as you know, I've been having a rough couple of months with my mental health. I've been up and down, and the downs have been quite significant. And one of the things that I've sort of made a pledge to myself was that if my mental health gets so bad that I start contemplating suicide or seriously thinking like I'll commit self-harm, I will see a psychiatrist and look towards a medication solution. Now, I got that low and I made an appointment to see a psychiatrist, but they couldn't see me for like a month and a bit. And I was still struggling. So I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Now, I could have saw a different psychologist, psychiatrist, sorry, but, you know, I, I struggle with trust and I, I found one that I did trust, but there was a wait. So upon the recommendation of Maria, I decided to try St. John's Wort. Now, St. John's Wort is a herbal supplement, but it's got beyond placebo effects proven to impact depression and anxiety. Um, and before you just go taking it, as I've said in the previous uh, podcasts, consult your doctor because there's a lot of medical interactions. Anyway, this just worked for me. It made it a weight of anxiety and other issues were just lifted from my shoulders. So flash forward a month and I decided to still see the psychiatrist because I'm like, okay, well, the issue that I was facing has, you know, quote unquote gone, but you know, I don't know if it is just a quick placebo effect, even though, you know, St. John's what works. Am I feeling a placebo effect and it's not working? Is it okay for me? Is this medication right for me? And what do I do, importantly, if I've had a bad day and those thoughts come back? I need to, like a stopgap. I need something to do. So this psychiatrist reviewed my past and sort of basically suggested that what I'm presenting with, the symptoms I'm presenting, my past, my history, all of this sort of stuff is very telling of someone with complex trauma in their past and that what I'm doing in terms of the self-care and looking after myself, all of that sort of stuff, the lifestyle stuff is spot on. He seemed shocked with the amount of stuff that I do for myself. However, he said that if things aren't working or what he said was that mental health is a three-pronged approach. One is lifestyle. So your self-care, diet, exercise, all of that sort of stuff, socialization. The second part is psychology or talking therapy. And the third part is medication. And I've got the first two down pat. And the the third one, he's like, well, I know and from talking to me, I'm not, given my past experiences with medication, I'm very reluctant to go back on SSRIs or those sort of medications just because of the side effects that it had on me. I would, like I said, if I needed to, but I would preferably not. Now, he knowing this and seeing the impact that the St. John's what was having decided that, you know, stay on it because it's working and just come back and do the checkups. So then I'm like, okay, well, what do I do on those days that, you know, if I sort of find myself down that dark path, what happens? Because in the past I've been inebriating myself and that isn't ideal as a solution to catastrophic mental health crises in the moment, obviously. So he prescribed me some Valium and told me to take a certain amount uh, when needed, but also suggested that I develop a crisis plan. And that's the sort of the, the point of this podcast. What I wanted to talk through to you is, is what a crisis plan is and why I'm developing it and how you can develop your own. So the chapter that I'll share later will be from how to get your shit together called crisis plan, <laughs> create a crisis plan. And I already had one in place, but I realized that I 
didn't follow it when necessary. Like I had it and I was using it, but then, you know, things sort of got better for me for quite a while. So I sort of put it to the wayside, didn't update it and didn't sort of look at it. Because a lot of the stuff that I share online here is advice as much to myself as it is as it is to you guys, because I'm sort of talking to myself and reminding myself of the things that I should do and have done that work. So creating a crisis plan is something that I have instilled in the past, but because I was on a good run, I sort of just let it lapse, which was a mistake. You know, I need to realize that I've got to keep these things updated. So what a crisis plan is, is basically a document that shows you what you should do if you start noticing your mental state falling. Now, it can be as small or as long, and there's formal and informal ways to do it. I go pretty informal and create it myself, but there's uh, links and other things that I'll put put in the show notes. Um, one to my book that has detailed instructions and the other to a sort of format and structured approach. But basically, it's just these are the things that work for me and sort of in progression of severity. So what you can see if you're watching the video is just the one page document that my crisis plan is. And I'm going to go through with it with you now. At the start, I've got this plan is to be implemented when, and I've got some instructions of when to implement it. So basically it's, it's when I notice I fall in my functionality, significant changes in my mood or experiences when I start having thoughts of suicide or self-harm, when I commit an act of self-harm and that could be cutting, burning myself, vomiting, hitting, you know, hitting myself or beginning craving an extreme level of intoxication. It also is typically implemented if my partner insists upon it based on her judgment of my mental state and functionality, or if my friends, family and work colleagues or training partners suggest that I'm not in a good place or they start sort of saying like, hey, hey, Zach, how are you going? I'm a bit concerned. They might not like say it that formally, but I can sort of get a read when people can see it in me and I can't necessarily see it in myself. So then, okay, myself or someone else has recognized the need for the implementation of the crisis plan. And then the psychologist recommended that I have a, a sort of a progression of support that's necessary. What do I need to do? And it sort of goes from low-key interventions to, to high-key or to, to strong interventions. And the first thing I do is implement a mental health checklist. And these are sort of like my self-care daily things that I do anyway. So these things are like, for example, doing a variety of exercises or shocking the system, for example, having a cold shower, loud music, that sort of stuff. Or it could be immersing myself in nature, going for a long walk, forest walk, going to the beach, just literally just going for a run barefoot. Meditation. Obviously, I've discussed that at length in different podcast episodes. Reading and writing. Either reading fiction, you know, some of my favorite books, as you can see behind me, or um, writing free journaling, poetry, that sort of stuff. Then I'll go on to do a logical explanation. For example, explicitly state my thoughts and compare them to statistics. For example, well, I'm feeling like this, this always happens, but in reality, does it always happen? And does it always happen in my world? So it's sort of thinking about it more logically. Then I do a status check. And that means asking myself, am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Or am I sick? For example, you could sort of prescribe mental issues to physical symptoms sometimes. Now, if the issue still consists, sort of continues, or if I'm still not sure of myself, I will ask my partner for support, advice, and guidance. I'll also go to friends and family for their support, advice, and guidance. I've also got the option in there to talk on online online groups and, you know, Reddit communities, as well as the online communities that I've sort of set up as well, being like, hey guys, I'm, I'm struggling here. 
from there, I will lean into taking time off work, off martial arts training or social commitments where needed, or alternatively, catching up with more people if I feel that would help at the time. From there, I'll contact my psychologist or psychiatrist to book in an appointment and to talk, if possible. I've got in there to take the Valium, like I said, if I'm sort of getting catastrophic. And then beyond that, I've got contact phone-based support services, like Lifeline, Suicide Line, Beyond Blue, with the phone numbers written down so I can see it and I don't have to search for it. And then finally, and the final measure will be to contact, you know, your, your, your psychiatric triage, your CAT teams or police and ambulance. And that would potentially be implemented by other people if they're deeply concerned or by myself if I am concerned. So a crisis plan is ideally, definitely, should be written prior to a breakdown. Because the idea is that in, in a breakdown, it's hard to think straight and it's good to have a written out thorough approach to what works for you. So what works in my crisis plan will be different to what would work in your crisis plan. So if you click the link to the show notes, I'm going to put a picture, just like a screen capture of of my crisis plan up so you can see what I've written and how I've written it. I don't expect and nor should you make something or even copy mine. You can use it as a guide, obviously, but what works for you will be different to what works for me, okay? And what works for me upon different days will be different. So I strongly, strongly suggest that you look at yourself, introspect, and go, well, what would help me in that time? And if you're not sure, speak to your therapist, speak to your partner, speak to your family about what they've noticed your warning signs are and what they've noticed the things that help you are. The The only other thing to do from there is to realize that you actually have to take the action to implement it. You actually have to do the things. This is something that I sometimes struggle with, despite all of the stuff I say. When I'm in the moment, the feelings of depression or inevitability or just this weight settles upon me and it feels like nothing I can do will pull me out of it. And that causes me to not even try. However, when I do try, nine out of 10 times, that trying actually pulls me back out of it. But it feels like a monumental effort to actually do it. So what I'm learning is is to just go through the motions and attempt it. One of the things I say about suicide um, is that you should try everything first because if you if you kill yourself you're just not there right like there's 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 no reason for you not to try everything first and if that means sticking it out and just doing the run or speaking to the therapist or taking the medication or you know doing it you may as well because what's what's what else is going to happen if, if you die you're dead you can't try anything you may as well try so it's it's an issue of, of just getting yourself up and going. The other way to do this is to to let people or let someone or a few people in your life know that you've got you've got a process and that if they see the process or see you needing to process to insist upon it to help you through it and to do it with you or to at least guide you through. Because having that external motivator and someone there pushing you saying, hey, hey, you might need to do this, you need to consider this, really does help because you get that support. You know, and in, in the all crisis plan, you might put the, the names and contact details of, you know, certain people that have said like, hey, if at any time you need a call, please do so. I'm lucky enough to have a few people in my life that have offered that service to me saying like, hey, anytime, not a day, contact me. And for those of you and those of you particularly that are listening that have offered that to me, thank you. Um, it means a lot. 
put those names in there, put those details in there. And when you are feeling bad, go through it. Okay. And, and like I've, like I've suggested, put the stuff that is sort of that low key stuff, the stuff that you can sort of nip it in the bud. I find a lot of the time with my mental health, if I act sooner rather than later, it's not as bad. It never gets as bad. And, and extending beyond that, if I act preemptively, if I exercise daily and meditate daily, I really do find that the, the impact upon my mental state is minimal. So what should you do? You should act prior in the sense of do you do your self-care every day. If you notice things happening, start with your low-key interventions. And if it doesn't help, move on to your stronger, deeper level of interventions. Set up a crisis plan. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a chapter from my book, How to Get Your Shit Together, called Create a Crisis Plan. This will go in a little bit more depth and a little bit more formal. And I'll also put the link there so you can read this chapter. Like I say, with everything that I'm putting out there from How to Get Your Shit Together and all the books I'm doing, I'm going to release it over time for free. I believe that information that can help people to literally save lives should be out there for free. With that in mind, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you want to support what I'm doing, there's a couple of ways you can do that. One is buying the book. It's out as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook, and that way you'll get access to it, all of it right now. But like I said, if you just follow along, sign up to the email, or just subscribe to this podcast, I'll eventually release it all, but it'll take time. The other way, and probably the best way you can support the podcast is via my Patreon. Patreon's a subscription-based service in which you can choose to donate a small amount each month and you know, collect like individually, that probably won't make a massive difference on your end if you chuck a couple of bucks my way every month. But collectively, it makes a massive difference. It enables me to dedicate more time and it enables me to feel secure knowing that I've got a steady source of income so that I can start dedicating more time to this over time. So with that in mind, this is Create a Crisis Plan from How to Get Your Shit Together. Enjoy. Chapter 3.6, Create a Crisis Plan. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. Lee Child. When I'm in a good place mentally, I feel like I will always be in a good place. The hope for a clean future, one that's free of depression, anxiety, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts is intoxicating. However, I know that no matter how good I'm feeling, I'll eventually go through another dark period. It's happened before, and will surely happen again. This isn't to say that I can't improve myself over the long term. Rather, I'm simply recognising the fact that mental states don't last. This too shall pass applies to both negative and positive states of mind, life circumstances, and fortunes. Acknowledging this fact has enabled me to create and implement one of the most important fail-safes relating to my mental health, a crisis plan. Crisis Plan is a document that states what should be done to assist you, and by who, in the event of a significant downswing in your mental state. A Crisis Plan should be created when you're in a good mental state. This will help to ensure that you're acting in your own best interests, and have chosen a well-thought-out approach to your care. The format and content of your actual Crisis Plan will vary based on a number of personal circumstances. These include your mental illnesses, relationships, medications, living situation, age, and prior history. Depending on the severity of the condition, some people may only need to have a crisis plan in place for them alone to take action. Others may need to include the support and services of family, friends, and professionals. 
It could be simple as writing a document stating that when I notice the warning signs of an incoming mental affliction, that I will take specific action to guard my mental state. A crisis plan may include a reminder to take specific medications or perform other prescribed activities. It could also include a suggestion to contact a therapist or related service for support and advice. It could also include a suggestion that they will contact emergency services if they are concerned for their own safety. A crisis plan could also be very detailed and specific. These may need to involve friends and family in its creation and implementation. For example, during a severe mental affliction, some people will not have the self-awareness required to seek the assistance when they need. They may require the people around them to take the initial action if those people see them beginning to decline. For these people, the crisis plan would explicitly state what their warning signs are and where the line is that will trigger the friends or family members to initiate the crisis plan. It will also outline who they want to assist them and in what capacity, as well as state who they do not want involved or even notified of the implementation of the crisis plan. At mentalhealthrecovery.com, you can access comprehensive instructions on how to set up a crisis plan, as well as find an amazing printable document that you can use as a template to creating your own crisis plan should you need it. I found the idea of a step-by-step approach to handling a mental crisis to be very comforting. During a crisis, my ability to make decisions with any level of competency or competence is all but non-existent. Having a clearly worded, step-by-step approach to handling my mental health during a crisis has helped me numerous times. My crisis plan. This plan is to be implemented when I notice a significant fall in functionality, significant changes in mood or experiences, start having thoughts of suicide or self-harm, Commit an act of self-harm, like cutting, burning, vomiting, hitting, or beginning to crave intoxication. When my partner insists upon it, based on her judgment of my mental health and functionality. Or when family, friends, work colleagues, or training partners suggest that I'm not in a good place mentally. If this happens, I'll take the following actions until the crisis is resolved. 1. Complete my mental health checklist. 2. Talk to my partner about the issue and ask for her support, advice, and guidance. Three, take time off work, training, or social commitments where needed. Four, contact my psychologist to book and have an appointment. Five, talk in online and phone-based support groups. Six, contact crisis emergency teams. Seven, contact emergency services. Take action. Create your own crisis plan. This is an important document, so take some time to consider what you want to have included and who you would like to be informed about it, as well as who should be involved in its creation. Your crisis plan can be adapted or changed whenever you feel necessary, provided that you're in a good mental state and that everyone involved is notified of the change. You can include whatever you need to include here. You could lay out specific instructions to remove all alcohol and sharp utensils from your house, if you feel you may be tempted to self-harm with them. Or it could include the creation of a memory box, a collection of letters and items that trigger positive memories. Remember that this is your plan and should involve a course of action that best suits your specific needs. Frequently Asked Questions I wouldn't know where to begin with a crisis plan. How could I possibly know what I will want or need during a mental health emergency? You won't. 
but based on past experiences, you'll have some idea about what happens when you're experiencing a mental health emergency and can use that as a starting point. I will strongly suggest that you approach your psychologist as well as any partners, friends or relatives that you know well. They'll be able to provide you with support and guidance as to your warning signs, as well as potential options for support and treatment. Summary A crisis plan outlines what you would like to occur while you are going through a mental health emergency. It acts as a trigger for action that, when implemented, takes you through the steps necessary to get you the help that you may need. So that was chapter 3.6, Create a Crisis Plan, from How to Get Your Shit Together. It's out now as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook, and I'll check the link in the podcast notes so you can read that chapter if you would like. Have a good one.